Hey everyone, welcome to Phantom Zone. We're really excited to talk about Iron Fist. You excited? I am. <laughs> I'm Connor McGraw, and that's Alan Muir. Go, go, Power Rangers! And we got Hunter Davenport. SPD, emergency. And we got Arlen Harrow. I am the immortal weapon. Guys, Iron Fist fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah it really does. <laughs> it is like, it, this is how this Arrow... Is this is what what would have happened like four years ago, five years ago. If Arrow Holy did, God! If Arrow it it's not even, eternally, it's, it's not even like it's not bad. Like Daredevil, the movie or Spawn was bad. It's bad. Like thirty-five minutes of the first episode, I was like, "Is he going to get pushed out of one more building?" Because that <laughs> seems to be all that's happening. Yeah, no, they just this whole this whole show so far is. Uh, Danny Rand. I'm, talks I'm Danny Rand. No, picked. you're not. Yeah. He tries to be really friendly and amiable to somebody, and then they're like, no, fuck you. No, you fuck out. The only Hi, person Rand. in the Get first... out. The only person in the first two episodes that were nice to him was a hobo who OOD'd, and, had one, and then he saw that he had a eagle ta- or a bird tattoo. Right. That, Which, was that a reference to something? Or, I don't know. Or, was that supposed to be like an Easter egg to something that I'm unaware of? This is a time where we might need Chris here. We'll ask him on the next episode, assuming he's on it. But well, if you notice, for what? In there was he kept uh, Danny kept and when he was doing in the flashbacks or if what whatever that was where he was Jesus on Christ, on the mountaintop. The fucking flashbacks. Oh yeah, God. flashbacks that have yet to go anywhere. Can we? They can don't. We talk, can we talk about the shitty uh, the blur effect? Oh <laughs> that, God, it's so annoying. It mean, is so when they, bad when they when they crudely draw a bunch of white lines on him. Um, yeah, it looked like I, it was done with MS Paint. Yeah, <laughs> they figured out how to use Photoshop. Yeah, right. that that seemingly went away after episode one. Oh no, it's still there. It, it, it comes I back. Missed it. I, oh, no. I, I, must there, been, there's one, I must have been kind of going in and out. There's one, I think it's in episode three, where they do it on a bird, and it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> oh, no. no. The, only, the only time this show has elicited some really hard laughter from me, and I watched this part four times, is when Ward, who I'm going to talk about a little bit, gets, like, I, I guess, like, kidney punched by his dad for some yeah. reason. And he's like, and he, like <laughs> It's so and great. And it's funny because, like... I'm only four episodes in, and we have no clear villain, and all we have really is Ward as an antagonist, and he's such a fucking weenie. No, we have yeah. Wendell. I want to. If if he had books, I would dump them. Not Wendell. Um, Harold Meacham as as the villain. Yeah, but even he's like he's a not, weak villain. Even he's he, like a... I'm sorry, he's a villain. He's been the ni- he has been the nicest to Danny of anybody in the entire show so far. Yeah. Did you not he's see not what he fan. did to the hatchet guys? I mean, that that was. A, I'm was sorry. In, one of them, yeah, because one of them punched his daughter in the face. Yeah, that's nefarious. It wasn't, it wasn't even the right one. Villainous. I mean, that'll do it. He killed an innocent yeah. man. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the hatchet dudes were just totally innocent and never did anything wrong in their lives. Yeah, <laughs> at, at, at the four episode mark, he's he's nefarious at best. Uh, but for also, four episodes. He stays in his house and kind of gets chummy with his like intern who right is terrified for some reason. He thinks he's gonna get raped, and then he—I mean, most oh likely—and then he sleeps in a glass oh, coffin. I was very confused. It's—it's it's really weird. Well, 
I guess that's supposed to preserve you if you're alive, a living person. I guess it's weird. Okay, I don't, let's, I mean, let's just let's just go from episode one and like how. Okay, Arrow is very derivative of Batman Begins. Cool, right. Right. whatever. If you're gonna rip off something, rip off fucking Batman and Christopher Nolan. Yeah. However, yeah. episode one of Iron Fist is derivative of something that is derivative, and at this point, it's like a joke that Eddie Izzard made about the Royals fucking in their own bloodline. Right. <laughs> you just get diminishing returns. This is this is the diminished return. It's it's, it's fucking lifeless. I don't care. Right. And you wanna know what the real big difference is? Uh, the fight choreography in Arrow. It's good. Um, and that's a that's a problem yeah. I'm having with this entire show, is the fight choreography is fucking terrible. Oh yeah, that that first encounter with the security guards. That's because one. Finn Jones clearly has never thrown a punch in his life. Yeah, definitely. He also but, like uh, he looks awkward, and he's it, like even his Tai Chi looking th- movements are weird. Remember when? Uh... He was on that episode of Sarah Jane Adventures and Matt Smith. I do not remember that. No. He played do uh, not remember that. Joe Grant's uh, grandson. Alan, you want to know how many episodes of the Sarah Jane Adventures I watched? Huh. None. I watched a lot. <laughs> I, I, really, I, I really like that show. I watched a clip with the Zygon in it. That's about it. Yeah. Um, one time I scrolled past it on TV Guide. Yeah, yeah I, I, I went past it on Netflix once. I was like, nah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> I don't need to watch this. I don't need to watch that. I... I K nine is 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 not something I need to invest in. Um, yeah, no but, thanks. Okay, episode episode one, episode one is forty minutes. Forty minutes of him telling people he is who he is, and them going, "Nah, dude, get out of here! Right. Get out of here, yeah. you hobo! Get out of here!" There is so much filler in the first. The entire second episode could be disposable. Which is oh, the, the episode first... where he was in the asylum? Yes, that episode doesn't need to exist. Yeah. These first four and, episodes could be and, one episode. And, th- yes, it could. And as far as being derivative, episode two, as in, did anyone watch the Mortal Kombat Legacy shorts that Kevin... Yes. Uh, yeah, Hanger, oh, I have. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all great. Episode yes. two reminded me of the Raiden short, which was awesome. And yeah, this, but this was is not four awesome. times as long and didn't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but the, then they replaced <laughs> so... I'm Kenny Rand. No, you're not. Eh, maybe you are. Bye. I mean... And even like even here, the facts I'm gonna send you some M Ms. So let's see if this test works. Oh, oh my god! Okay, let's. I feel like there's so much to talk about. Like it's every time someone brings up something, I have to divert. But <laughs> yeah, too sure. Much. Let's talk about Joy and how her character is completely fucking written all over the place and acts she's like a nice bipolar. person in one episode, and the next episode is completely villainous. Yeah, she's bipolar as fuck. Yeah, she doesn't have a character. She just has lines that she, she has. No, she has. So, she, she has lines. Her character is only her character's moment to moment. Like when mm-hmm. she's with Lord in a room, she's a complete uh, like corporate bitch. Mm-hmm. And then when she's with Danny, she's like, "Oh, we're friends." I'm like why? Like she cried. She almost she got emotional with the Eminem bit, but then like gave him that insulting offer for like the hundred million dollars. Like, um, so I guess to like shut up and go away. Mm-hmm. And is like really loyal to Ward, who is just this complete piece of shit. Yeah. Oh wow! Like, I didn't know this. Even his face, kind of. I just want to. Oh my god! I want to. I want to. Uh, one. I want to mess his hair up. Yeah. Like he looks like. He I just want to. Like I want to. I feel like I could push him over, and he would fall and break all four of his limbs. He looks like <laughs> such a weenie. Like. 
<laughs> that's the that's the greatest thing ever because I know that he's played he's played like baddies before and he's played like yeah he's so I weird should, in like, this as, show as the primary antagonist I shouldn't look at him and go God I just want like like saying I want to like punch some dude in the face because I don't like them is one thing but like I want to punch you in the face because you're so pathetic and pitiful that it, like it just needs to happen and I'm not a bully. So, uh, <laughs> like, he makes me want to bully him. There's actually a Game of Thrones connection here with uh, Finn Jones and Jessica Henwick. Oh, wait, she was in Game of Thrones? She played Nymeria Sand. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, and uh, well, she's the one who went on Twitter or called out Roy Thomas and told him to go fuck himself or something. Something along the lines of that. Because of his right. criticism of the show, which he has a right to do, he co- he's the co-creator of the character. Yeah, like besides, I'm just thinking about comparing this to what who Iron Fist is is making me angry. Cause like, I'm kind of yeah. like he, this character is fucking psychotic. Well, so, yeah, let's let's like I know we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about and going back a lot of things over the course of this discussion, but like the first two episodes, like I'm sorry, he he shows up. And uh, if you're going to make him like the rest of the Defenders, who are all kind of inherently damaged people, I guess, like, Danny's thing would be, like, he's very anxiety-ridden. I um, guess. But the way they, the way they dis- like, they display that and have him written is that he's a fucking, he's insane. Here's the thing, he's I don't even believe psychopath. that he's anxiety-ridden. I don't even believe that he's anxiety-ridden, because I believe that more in Jessica Jones. She had, like, total PTSD throughout that show, and I actually believed it because of the performance and because of the way that show was written. I don't believe for a second that this guy has ever been through anything traumatic. Well, like, let's... Hunter keeps coming in and out. Um, He gets in that the elevator in episode one, he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm like, what are you freaking out over? Why are you right. doing this? Like, like, he held a gun to someone's head at one point. <laughs> so many problems. And then he, and then he, like he, that car sequence with him and Ward, where he like drives the car towards the edge of the parking garage, and like Ward's like you psychopath, and like yeah, it's that's pretty accurate. That's what he just did was nuts. Yeah, yeah, you were completely, you were completely justified in thinking this guy is crazy. Yeah. Also, okay, Danny has been gone. He, the, the plane crash happened when he was ten years old, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was gone for fifteen years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He shouldn't know what anything is. Yeah, that's a problem. But he shouldn't. Come he on. shouldn't understand. And he he lived in a monastery in a pocket dimension by the Himalayas for fifteen years. The last cultural and global events that affected his life were nine eleven and Stone Cold Steve Austin's heel turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. And here's the problem: they don't. So they do justify your problem. At some point, they make it. They suggest that he's been out of. Kun Loon for like a year at least because I guess he was doing like backyard fights or something or whatever. <laughs> he was just, you know, he was just try- hanging out, stealing identities. Yeah. Going to Morocco. I mean, so yeah. many things. Like his That's stolen identity, great. it becomes how they... Yeah. <sighs> so many problems with the show. The characters are inconsistent. And the writing is inconsistent. The only person who really, like, 
it feels the same scene to scene as Jessica Henwick. Um, as a uh, Colleen, Colleen, yeah, Lane. as Colleen. Everybody else. And good cons- news, she's going to be on the on the Defenders. Oh, I'm so happy about that. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful because I still don't know what her character's purpose is. Me neither. And okay, you're good. further ahead than I am. Okay. First, she said she wasn't going to do those fights, and then she went, "Okay, I'm going to do and these did, fights." And did two of them. Yeah, and she so... broke a guy's arm with, but like, with the move by Alberto is, Del Rio. Everyone is like, everyone is jerky. Um, what what is this? What are we sharing here? Oh, did that go through? It's a yeah. picture of uh, Ward in Banshee. Uh, oh my god, he's a complete. Look at him. He's, he's completely different. Nazi tattoos. Yeah. Well, okay, so. <laughs> Banshee tangent. In Banshee, he plays an ex, uh, an ex Nazi who joins the police force um, to fight crime because he feels uh, anger for his sins as a Nazi. Um, he's one of the greatest characters in the entire show. Um, he's a completely different character. He's a total badass, as I said before um, in the chat. He's a strong character who, like, in five minutes, you're like, oh, I understand who this guy is, and he never like totally changes from scene to scene. So I can only blame the writing on Iron Fist for him being completely and totally terrible in these first four episodes. Just awful. And, like, I guess it's weird because, like, I feel like we did, like, an episode-to-episode breakdown the last time we did an Netflix show, but we can't hear because episode one is, we just said, like, that may sound like a joke, but two-thirds of the episode are, I'm Danny Rand, no you're not, get out. Yeah. That is it. And then he gets attacked, and he wards off the attack. And then he gets... And then, like, again, Joy, who's completely inconsistent, poisons him, and then we transition right into the mental uh, uh, mental hospital episode, which takes the entire episode. It's so bad. I like... There's one thing I like. Which is, which is, again, a different version of, I am Danny Rand, no, you're not, here's a pill, punches door, episode's over. It's... Matt, it wasn't... wasn't I, mean, f- I don't even... I don't even remember... Episode three. Episode three clearly with the crazy guy who held the fork to his. uh, I watched it. I watched it two hours ago, and I can't remember what the fuck. I watched it a few days ago, and I still remember. (laughs) It's so bland and so inconsistent, and it just all flows together. Nothing, nothing works. These first four episodes are a real like. A real whammy as far as terrible is concerned. As far as being like criminally uneventful. Yeah. I like Dragon Ball it's Z show? has less filler and Dragon Ball Z is like the ultimate in filler jokes. Right. Like it's a show Can where I kill you the now? The most what? <laughs> Never mind. It's a show where the most action that ever happens is Danny sits down and talks to someone. Yeah. yeah. And those are the most compelling Stop. scenes. I That's... every time I it just cuts to him sitting there and talking to someone, I want to literally like jump out a window. It's it's so bad. Yeah. Well, he has this like he has this like childlike enthusiasm to him, which makes sense if you disappear at the age of ten, yeah, and really grow up like the rest of the world does. But then it like it it they're it's not real. This feels like mm. a uh, uh, an edgy Disney project. It <laughs> does. I, I see what you mean. It feels like a Disney Channel TV show from the early 2000s. It's also like, let's comparatively speaking to Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Daredevil, it's it's offensively sterile. 
Like, nothing happened. Mm, nothing yeah. of any weight happened to anybody. The most, it really... The only thing I've seen so far that made me go, ooh, is someone took a, a sword to the head, and that was it. It's really bad. And that was a rip-off scene from Walking Dead Season 3. Mm-hmm. Yes, because Walking Dead is the only show or any medium ever to ever put a sword through someone's head. No, except it, it was a machete in Walking Dead. Oh, I know what you mean. It was the same type of... It was, I'm talking about the same type of, of uh, effect. Mm. Um, oh, uh, okay. Oh, and the effects in this show. The moment I saw a fake... No, okay, there are fake falcons throughout this show. I don't know if you remember this. I don't even, are, I didn't notice. There are fake fucking birds that look like clip art from a fucking PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like Birdemic, um, but it's just like right on the edge. So it's not like as bad as Birdemic. You're like, oh, like trauma? A- yeah. Hey, okay, we all know what Birdemic don't, is. Don't the- you talk shit about trauma. Hey, I love trauma. Good. But no, Birdemic is people with the coat hangers and obviously fake birds. This is almost as bad as that. It's just right on the edge. And so many other things about the effects in this show are just terrible. That when Danny almost gets hit by a taxi, it's obviously a fake taxi. And it's obviously shot on green screen. Is that when he backflips over the car? Yeah. Okay. Full fucking flip. I laughed... I laughed at that too because like everyone around him is just fucking nonplussed the fact that he just did like this incredibly amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And he just leaves. So many things wrong with Although this. although tying to what I said earlier, when someone said if you are if you are a character in the MCU, you are not permitted to say the phrase that's impossible. Oh. Oh yeah. Definitely. You're not allowed to. You can't. Aliens came out of a hole in the sky. Fuck off. Even if this is a pocket universe, as I've theorized, where everything after the events of the Avengers, nothing, none of that happened. The only thing that actually happened in this universe is what has happened in New York. Even if that holds, there are still people who know Luke Cage exists. You still, At some you, point, you still have a bulletproof man, a blind ninja, and a superwoman, like a superpowered woman, um, within yeah. blocks of each other. Who killed a rapist and it was on television. She killed yeah. her rapist and it was a widely televised story. She's well known for having gotten off because of her lawyer made a deal. Um, so many problems with this. Again, Luke Gage was in the news. There's no way that if you were living in New York, you did not hear about him. But like the, the it's like three episodes before because the the like the immediate knee jerk of like you can't be who you say you are despite the fact that you've given out intimate details of our lives before it can't be you right and to even to make things to and then it to, took a, and it took a fucking stupid Eminem gag to get it over like yeah and also so let's talk about um the real Hogarth well, no, I believe not, not, yet, not, not yet there's you a, sure there's, a, there's something I want to talk about that there's a real okay. Bitch move by uh, Joy Meacham. That I she's mean, living in Danny's old house. I mean, I mean, which? Uh, which oh one? yeah. Why did she think that would be okay? That's what I mean. Like, and that, that's what I said before. Like, jo- Joy's character is completely all, is all over the place because, like, you live in his old house, and then you have the balls to say something like, "Like, we're not your family. We don't want you here." And then you're nice to him two hours later. Eat shit. Yeah, like, why are you such a bitch? What the fuck? <laughs> God damn it. I just want it's shows I, that like, are consistent. And, and, and if it's if, if if it's supposed to be, like, her putting on a front for Ward, 
it's conveyed terribly. Because yeah. she just seems like two different people when there's certain people around. She just looks flaky. <laughs> so crazy. So, uh, but uh, I think so. When does Hodgarth show up? Does anybody remember exactly when she shows up? I think uh, it's episode. I think episode three, which is honestly yeah. when Hogarth showed up, the show kind of lit up a bit because I was like, "Oh fuck, thank God!" Yeah, yeah. Someone, um, someone with some bravado here, like yeah, episode, someone with some three. enthusiasm, some fucking some from prestige behind them because Carrie Ann Moss one is amazing, and like Hogarth's character, I know for a fact is a take no shit badass. No, right. She, she doesn't. She does not. Put up with anyone's bullshit. Exactly. I was like, oh, I was like, finally, someone who is not pathetic. I was hoping she would just like, 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 shake him around a little bit. Like, hey, fucking stop. Yeah, yeah stop being a weird little child. Stop being I a did fucking a... ball and sit down. Yeah, I, I do think when he tells her that he's the iron, iron Fist, and she's like, okay, like, oh, well, you, you've met the Purple Man. You know, crazy shit is possible, but. I was over that very quickly because well, she okay. Was... That was something I was going to bring up before about the mental institute episode. When he is telling the doctor, he's like, he's like, I am the Iron Fist. I'm like, I'd fucking commit you for the rest of your goddamn life. If you told me. That <laughs> I know. That I was way. expecting that to happen. Would, I would never let you leave that hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care. Actually, and, here's the exact. Regardless, here's the exact summary. The MCU. He does not believe it and diagnoses him with an anxiety disorder caused by trauma. Okay. That doctor. Oh, and that doctor. He really pissed me off because he does a total turn at some point and suddenly believes him. But then he tells him he has to stay because of the trauma. And it's just like... Then okay, Roman Reigns, man! Yeah. Superman punch! But they can't say Superman because it's Marvel, not DC. Yeah. Century so many punch. things. Oh, no. I mean, he gets... thing, like, like it's a... Has anyone here seen the story of Ricky? Ricky Ho? Ye- yes. Okay. Long. Remember the movie how Ricky Ho just walks up to the outside of the prison and punches a fucking hole through it and leaves? Yeah. And he could have done that at the beginning of the movie? Yep. Oh, yeah. I Why remember. didn't Danny just walk up and punch the door out and leave? He had to be in combat. So the moment he got he there. Was, he was tied down, Connor. Don't you he know? couldn't harness his chi! Yeah, because ah! of the drugs. So dumb. And he has to Connor, be in fights. So, like, his... So, his basically, for this, what sounds like the sake of budget, his powers are only used when it's the most convenient for situations. It's so... I do... One thing I will give this show is I do like that the way his hands glow. Yeah, that's good. I like the way it looks cool. Yeah, I kind of like... Yeah. I, I kind of like the fact that, like, when he had the Iron Fist thing going, he went to get hit with a hatchet and the hatchet just exploded. Yeah. yeah. Which, by yeah, the that way, cool. that was something else I laughed at. Like, hallway full of guys, all of them just pull a hatchet. So I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? What kind of kung fu <laughs> shit is this? It yeah. looks like something in a kung fu hustle. Yeah, but not good. Oh, that was such a um, great movie. <laughs> yeah, not, not good at all. It was like the axe gang. I mean... I mean, here, here's how I would describe this show. If I was describing it to somebody who hasn't seen these shows, but is aware of them. Every single one of these I've been worried about going into them. I was worried about Daredevil, because how are you going to make this work after the last Daredevil? I was worried about Jessica Jones. How are you going to make that work and have that make sense uh, at all? And I was most worried about Luke Cage. How are you going to make Luke Cage work, and how are you going to give him villains who are compelling and interesting who can meet him on his level? Every worry I had about the previous three shows came true in this one, which is so incredibly disappointing. Um, 
like saying that I'm heartbroken is an overstatement, but it's not far off. So I'm I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't terribly invested in this beforehand. Like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, they're characters I'm not terribly familiar with, so I was like, all right, I'll see what happens. Right. Uh, but in those cases, I was pleasantly surprised, and it kind of got me on board with their characters as far as like their wide existence goes. Same thing with Daredevil. Like I didn't care about Daredevil until the show came out, and then I went and mm-hmm. read Frank Miller's uh, The Man Without Fear, and I loved it. Um, this, the, I, I don't give a shit about Iron Fist. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. I, okay, I think I'm the only one who cares even a little bit about Iron Fist here. Like I wear an Iron Fist hat like every day. Well, I, I, I'm also aware of like the Heroes for Hire thing, where like him and Luke Cage are like you know BFFs, and they're yeah, they're, yeah. Like, they cool chemistry buddies. in the comics. I had a slight attachment from Power Man and Iron Fist. That yeah, that's the that's all. Series. That is the only I, thing I know of. That's all I know about Iron Fist is from that. I'm literally looking at the Marvel Unlimited. Um, yeah, Power Man and Iron Fist comics right now. Like I love I love Iron Fist, and this just kind of shit. Yeah. Out. Hard for me. It really ruined it. Like, because what I like about those comics is that he's really fun and he's like comedic relief. He's like, yeah, he he's a weirdo because he's like he was hidden away for so many years. Like, mm-hmm. they he's supposed to be this kind of like this recluse guy who's just a man yeah. out of his, man. And out that's of his that's at play here, but in all the wrong ways. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't like it's, he's, he comes off as like this overly nervous like creepo who who just gets who kind of flies off the deep end at things. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's like, like a person who would like approach you in the street. Like, and, oh yeah, and just like start talking to you randomly. In yeah. um, Iron Fist, he was compared to Sean William Scott for, uh, Scott's performance in uh, Role Models. Oh, yeah. Sean William Scott is a perfect Danny. <laughs> uh, automatically, I think be a great Danny Rand. Yeah, yeah. In a movie, that, I'd have gotten real, I'd have gotten real behind that casting. Yeah, but it's just like he's too old though. This movie, or this show, it's like, it's as if Chris Evans spent half of Thor um, being whiny and being all full of PTSD. That's what this is like. Because he should be like the Thor of these shows, right? Yeah. He, he should be a little bit disconnected, not quite understand everything, kind of be detached from our world and do things that maybe you shouldn't, that we wouldn't consider socially acceptable. He should have a, another moment. He doesn't yeah, have he, any of that. He almost had one when he wait. Kind of did you just like, call? Um, he said Chris Evans, but he meant oh, Neil. Yeah, I don't. Whatever. There's too there's, many Chris's. There are too many fucking Chris's names to you. Um, he almost had that moment when he like awkwardly, which I kind of struggled with, when he like just suddenly like pops his head into a board meeting, just like looks around, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he doesn't yeah. knock or anything. He just kind of goes like and just kind of just enters, and he's like yeah, and, with, and the chair. Which was which, funny, actually. Which would have been great had they not followed it up with him suddenly having the business savvy to go, we should sell what it cost. How the fuck do you even know what that means? Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you... <laughs> where did this How, I, like, Also, it's not even parents? savvy. It's really dumb. <laughs> I'm not a businessman, but there's a halfway point between sell it cost and sell it five times the markup. Yeah. <sighs> like, but still, like, he... If, if if I were him, I'd sit there quietly and just observe and then start making, like, you know, headstrong decisions. No, he barrels into his first board meeting and then just, like, makes a, like, a crazy-ass decision that makes everyone <laughs> angry with him. And this is after so Hogarth tells him, ease into things. Yeah. And it, here's the thing. That's a perfect moment to show how detached he is. But they even find a way to mess that up. Yeah. Um, like, 
like like he's a he's a child like and that and there's the moment before he Hogarth tells him to ease into things he immediately goes un, under his dad's de- old desk to check out the uh, stickers here's the thing in in all three four of these episodes that was the first moment where I was like oh this is, I actually like this and then it just went away. I, anything other than Hogarth, I was like, oh, this is really boring. Can this move on? Can we get going? Can we? Do we have to do this for four episodes? And then the death thing happens, and then it's just another, just like <sighs> drop off into terrible. And it, <sighs> I'm gonna, I just can't. Well, and then like, like more, like more inconsistencies. Like Ward seems like determined, absolutely determined to like to to stop Danny at every turn. But then, like, once they have that meeting with his father, with uh, Meacham, like, he he almost completely changes his tune to, like, not really, like, buddy-buddy with him, but, like, he tolerates him all of a sudden? You yeah. Mean, and- you mean, not Meacham, uh, you mean, what's it, Matthew Modine from Dark Knight Rises? No, dude, <laughs> don't you dare talk shit about Faramir, I will fucking hurt you. Yeah, he's <laughs> actually, okay, he's I will- only... He's like the only character I was like, I, I like this dude. I also, yeah. I love that actor. I think that actor's incredible. He's the only one who had any kind of like, like the way he treats, what is it, Kyle? I find fascinating mm-hmm. because like Kyle is clearly terrified of him, but like I don't think Jim has any ill intentions with him. He just like, no, I just need some dude here all the time who can like just hang out and type shit. I like yeah. what, I, there's a scene I liked where he, where he brought about what his father used to do to him when he'd say sorry yeah. or make him a snake. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, that's why I liked him because like he, you'd think, that as he's set up as like a villain, you think he was going to unload this dude with his belt, and then he just puts away. He's like, "Nah, I'm not going to do that." That's and he wrong. says, "I miss my father." Yeah, <laughs> it's he's he's definitely the best character in the show. Um, oh my I'd god! Say. Well, he's the most fascinating because he's a dude who has, who's had to live the last how many years in complete secret? Like he's not allowed to go outside. Yeah, yeah. He's, so that means like fascinating he, character. he like, only sees his piece of shit son, who he's like obviously resentful of, and he would love to see his daughter, and he gets to see her in episode four, I believe it is. Um, yeah, and um, and like he he is also the first character to be openly nice without any kind of like, uh, well as as far as we know, any ulterior motives to Danny. Like he sees him, he's like he's like welcome home, like sincerely. Yeah. Uh, and he I, he seems like a nice guy. He also tried to protect Danny, and then Ward tried to have him killed in the mental institute, and that's where the kidney punch comes from, which I thought was again hysterical. So yeah. I just noticed, so I just found this on Marvel Unlimited. There is a Spider-Man three co- tie-in comic written by Bendis and Bagley. Alan, I swear to God, you need to stay off Google when we're doing these shows. I'm not on Google. You really I'm, do. I'm in Marvel Unlimited, going through <laughs> just going through comics. No, stay off the web pages. Yeah. All right. Yeah, seriously. Alan, close up Google Chrome. Yep. How'd you know I had it open? Because everybody uses it. Google Chrome. Because if you I use, use Firefox, because I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> we do not believe you for a fucking second. Yeah. Sweating. There's no way you. Sweating. I'm sweating. Sweating. Alan's like, I use Internet Explorer when I boot it up. I go make a nice cooked chicken because I have to wait that long for it to boot up. I have a second computer that runs Netscape. I browse Internet Explorer using NetZero. <laughs> God damn it. Alan's like, what are you talking about? I have like 70 discs of, five, uh, 70 discs of 500 hours of free AOL. 
stolen from my grandparents. <laughs> no, my grandparents... They, 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 they still don't know what AOL is. <laughs> no, my mom oh, is God. the one who... is the AOL one. Yeah. Anyways, back to Iron Fist. Okay, so while we're talking about things that are interesting... I um, have a nitpick. Okay. Oh, please. His off-brand MP3 player. No, that's an iPod. That's an iPod. 100%. It did look like an iPod. iPod. That's an Alan, it's fine. It's just the fact that no one's seen an iPod in five years. Yeah, nobody's... Well, nobody's seen the original... Nobody knows the original iPod. That is an iPod classic. Yeah. An iPod classic... Look, an iPod classic was basically a deadly weapon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, by the way, which homeless person did they have to beat up to get that? I mean, no, he had it with him. He had it with him on the plane. No, trip. I mean, I mean the the crew, Alan. <laughs> well, I know I have a, I actually have not a working one, but I do have a third generation iPod Classic. So it's not completely. Wait, wait he had the iPod in the plane crash, right? Yeah, yeah. How did he charge it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Kunlun has a Best Buy, guys. Um, <laughs> it's very lonely. So, okay, the show um, takes place in the show takes place in what? Um. 2017. I guess to 2017. Well, or 2015 actually. Actually, actually, so Defenders only takes place a couple months after Daredevil. Um, so this no, is all within. Place. Yeah, so this is all is last it, year. Assuming. So, oh, okay, wait. Takes so place so, after wait, Avengers. Fifteen years before last year. Okay, I was wrong. He might not even see 9/11, and the iPod came out October 23rd, 2001. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Andrew Littler brought this up in, on Facebook. Um, uh, hi. Um, and uh, I said, well, it's because he was rich and he got an early version of it, which is, I don't know if that's an actual explanation, but I just like to think that rich people get things early. So maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Did anybody else get some, some bad Amazing Spider-Man 2 vibes from the plane scenes? Yeah. I guess. They're, they're very similar. <laughs> we talked about it kept, a lot I yesterday. Kept thinking, like, I kept thinking that'd be really funny if, like, Bane, like, Bane was in the background of that. <laughs> One of us has to be in the wreckage, brother. I'm... <laughs> Stay still, Danny! <laughs> <laughs> like, all that's happening, and, like... Pass in this plane! With no agent and uh, Bane are, like, right there behind them. <laughs> God damn it. This is all taking place in like, the first class section of the same plane from Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. <laughs> Where, Little fingers, where? like yeah. You just hear you just hear from behind the door, like what a loyalty for a slave guy. <laughs> Little finger stabs him in the back. You shouldn't have trusted me. God damn it. Oh, okay. Boy. And then and then um, the back of the plane, the Parkers getting assassinated. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about things. And other uh, things Leslie Nielsen are... is in the cockpit. <laughs> God damn it, motherfucker! Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> you disgrace the memory of a dead man. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, and Peter Graves. Oh, shit. This, this is a good bit. This is a good bit. Have you ever seen, a, have ever seen a grown seen man naked? a grown naked? man naked, Danny? <laughs> okay. After after Heather, Heather Rand gets sucked out of the top of the plane, Leather Nissen pops it and goes like, oh, no, we're all counting on you. Good luck. Leaves. Oh, boy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so many things. Um, oh, really? so much, didn't we? They were talking about airplane. <laughs> yeah. It broke new ground! Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, 
Let's talk about the hand. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about so, how it just makes sense that they're hey, here. Or the chest. Somebody else who popped up that got me really excited was Madame Gao. Like, when the lights yeah. go out and the yeah. she's like, and she's like, let's go for a ride. I was like, fuck she, yeah. She's, um, she yeah. was in season one of Daredevil, right? Right. Okay, so I'm... So in these, at, at least yeah. in these first four episodes, I wasn't happy about her being hand. Me because neither. in my head, she wasn't the hand. I mean, they, ex- well, they do explain it later, but it bothered me a lot. Who was the guy that, um, the hand guy, or the head of, former head of the hand that, uh, in, in Daredevil season that, two, yeah, the Matt fought. So that was Nobu, and okay, so we're, this is the first time that I'm going to really reach into later down in the series. So we learn eventually, and it kind of fixed my problem with these first four episodes. Kind of didn't. I'm still a little bit confused about it. The implication that we get is that there are multiple divisions of the hand. That it's like it's like a it's like the church. It's like the Christian. Yeah, church. I mean, you got the right, the left, and then you got the foot. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> God damn you. And then uh, there's Shredder. So my, my, my understanding, what I'm going to guess here is that Gao is part of the Chinese division of the hand. Uh, Nobu was the head of the Japanese part of the hand. And a character that we eventually learn, that we eventually meet, um, I'm not going to say his name just because I can't remember it. He, I'm going to guess, is a member of an American breakaway of the hand. Um, so, again, it does uh, make it easier Bakudo? for me to accept it. I didn't want to I say mean, it because I wanted to. It is actually a good reveal when it happens. I mean, um, um, I see what I, and you've told me and other people have told me that this show gets exponentially better the later it goes. Yeah, until like the last two episodes. Last uh, episode, well, especially. The last episode, as well as the first and second, were written by Scott Buck. Yeah, and the last episode okay. is terrible. All right. I don't I don't I wasn't following the development of this show. What the fuck happened? Oh, okay. So All I know is there was problems. I don't know what problems they were because I didn't follow really any developments in Netflix shows. I didn't okay. I, don't, I don't follow Netflix developments. I'm like, "All right, when it happens, it happens." Yeah, I, I follow this stuff pretty close because I'm a total fucking dweeb. Um so this show took the longest to get a showrunner. Um they didn't have one I think by the time Daredevil season two had aired, or maybe it was like a month before, I remember. And even when Jessica Jones was out, they were still not sure if they were actually going to do the show. There was a lot of talk. Oh, so this of, was blasted through production, wasn't it? Oh yeah, and there was talk of them doing uh, a movie instead. Um, I, I'd almost prefer the movie at this. Point. I would almost I, honestly, I was almost prefer the movie, or if they just put him in the Defenders. And did a season after that, or they they could yeah. easily make him like something that the hand wanted, or something like. I feel like he could almost be like a plot point in the Defenders. Like, yeah, well, they kind of hinted that, like, because they've suggested that there's like people who are themselves weapons. They are living weapons, like Danny is. Uh, Ellie or Elektra was a living weapon. That little bald kid in the first season of Daredevil, he's a weapon. Mm-hmm. And the hand and the chase are always competing to get these weapons. Um, and I, my guess is that Kun Loon might be an early version of the chase. That was a problem. That's a problem for me. That there are um, is there any is there any relation to Doctor Strange's um, uh, area of teaching? I can't remember what the hell that was called. Uh, I, was it the same? 
It might be the no, same idea. Because they don't mention Kunlun. There's a Chinese city, but it's not Kunlun. Well, um, in, in the comics, at least, it's not... I don't think it's related. Yeah. Like, but I think... kind Maybe a little bit, in terms of the MCU. Cause it's like, That's what I mean. Like, it seems... It, I don't remember where he goes to learn, but it seemed kind of in the same neighborhood. Yeah, like, it's also, like it's also it's also a similar thing. It's like it's you know it's weird mysticism. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Strange is in Nepal. Okay. Kunlun is definitely in the same area. That's that's the thing. Like there are these warrior monks here, and then there are these like science wizards over here, and they're literally like. Hour, maybe an hour away from each other, as far as like walking time or driving distance, at least. So it's it is very confusing. And then there's supposed to be another secret city, a second or a sanctum santorum in China. So you have three of these supernatural places very close to each other, and they're completely unconnected. That's why I do buy into my pocket universe theory that this is a separate dimension. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's, okay. So what? They, so it took long to find a showrunner. Um, yeah, and who, uh, who the who the fuck is Scott Buck? Like, what is he? Okay, so Dexter. he wrote Dexter. Um, I don't know when he wrote Dexter. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna find out right now because if he wrote season anything after season four, I'm pissed. Yeah, and I, I was saying that you know, show fell the fuck apart. Yeah, I, I was saying before we started recording. Before I think you joined the call, I. Fucking guarantee it. He got this job because Melissa Rosenberg also wrote on Dexter. She's the showrunner of Jessica Jones. Uh, even I, harsh critic of Jessica Jones, admit that the writing in that show is very good. And people really like lauded her for that show and were saying that she should have gotten Emmy nominations for that show. So I guarantee that that's why he even got the job. Oh, wait a minute. I figured it out. I solved this puzzle. He wrote Tremors 4. There we go. Oh, oh yeah. My God. yeah. Wait, he was wrote that... a lot of bad was that the one where Kevin Kevin Bacon came back? I don't know. That's the one that takes place in the past. Yeah, that's the old West one with like with like Bert's like distant relative who looks exactly yeah. the same and has an affinity for guns because they can't do those movies without him because he's the only one who wants to come back. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, it's a pay, one, it's a paycheck. And that one, he's like a dandy. Like he's like a and the idea is that he becomes Bert at the end. It's really weird. It's a real real weird movie. Uh, um. Yeah, like I said, I didn't follow the production, and then as I'm watching this, I'm like, if this was so ru- like for something that feels so rushed, man, it takes its fucking time. Yeah, yeah. And like episode one and two are just just fill time, just fill time, just stall and stall and stall. And then episode three must be more stalling because I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. Um, and as I, I pause at episode five, when it looks like he, like Danny is finally about to go do something that doesn't involve uh, having verbal spats with people. Remember, I remember. Remember, um, there was one flashback, I think, episode one or two, to when uh, Joy, Ward, and Danny were kids, and Ward is being an asshole. Ward is a big old dick, <laughs> as he does. When they were yeah. playing Monopoly. Uh, I could watch that. I could say that that, could, that that pays off in some way. Like, at the end of the show, he's, like, less of a dick. No, by the end of the show, he's still he's still kind of a dick. He's less of a dick, but he's still a total chode, um, utterly terrible person. Uh, uh, okay. But, well, in episode three, when 
Danny goes to confront goes to the restaurant to confront Joy and Ward he says that oh, no 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 it was the uh, the car scene right where he starts saying all these different things like he, every single you kicked me in the balls every single time every single chance you got you once put a dead frog in my sandwich <laughs> which I was like why was you why was why? you friends with this person yeah, yeah this like, sounds like a psychopath this Dude, is a total crazy someone, person. If someone kicked me in the balls once, I would make it a point to never see them again. Yeah, like... Yeah. And once you get to the frog thing, like, that's when you tell your parents, and then, like, you never speak again. Like, that's... Yeah. <sighs> like, I'm not gonna see you, let alone give you the chance to kick me in the balls again. Yeah. Uh, also, so back on the Dexter thing, I'm looking it up. The finale of Dexter is written by Scott Buck. Um, yeah, makes so much sense. That explains everything. Uh, because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dexter has the worst finale in TV history. I haven't even seen it, and I makes Lost look like Smallville. Okay, uh, well, I'm not going to divulge too much, but how do you think a show like Dexter should end, Arlen? Um, it should end either with Dexter getting caught. <laughs> or uh, dying, uh, yeah, or dying, dying to maybe sacrifice somebody, or dying having turned into a full-on villain. Uh, who knows? None of those happen. Oh, yeah, no, okay. They they just they copped out. And... He 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 moves. He, he leaves his new family somewhere. I don't remember where. And then goes and becomes a lumberjack and sits by himself in silence. And then the show ends. And he grows a shitty beard. So it becomes X-Men Origins Wolverine? <laughs> yeah, he becomes Wolverine. Yeah, yeah he grows yeah. claws. Dexter's a prequel a pre- to Wolverine. It's a prequel to a prequel. I heard that something about like him driving into a tornado or something. I don't know yeah, where he, I like, heard that from. It, he fakes his death. He like drives his boat into a storm. Oh, okay. Presumed to die, but then it's revealed that like he lived and just relocated, changed his identity... And just lives by his his fucking self hating. Uh, he lives like this little, this lonely, loathsome life, like in the middle of some logging community. And just the final scene is him sitting there at a table, just staring off into the camera, and then nothing. So it ends like uh, Sopranos. That's that's yeah, but that sounds that sounds really no, bad. Sopranos, Sopranos at least had somewhat. Sopranos of had the. The, the, the thing that's surprising is that it ended in people going like, oh my god, was that guy going to shoot Tony? What was going to happen? Is something going on here? It left you with so many, it left you with a bunch of intriguing questions. Mm. All not paying off on any of them, obviously, because of the last episode. But Dexter ends on just a fart. Yeah, it ends on him staring forward and there's nothing you could like, there's nothing. You there's could... no There's no narration, there's no music, there's nothing. It's just yeah, there's... staring at the camera, pull back, there's nothing you get credits. extract from it. Did it okay. end, wait, did it end worse yeah, than Heroes Reborn? I, I, I've, I've never watched Heroes. I wouldn't know. Uh, so, okay. okay. So, so, we've established that this Scott Buck dude is kind of a, a, a fucking a bust. Yeah. Kind of a bad choice to pick as I a mean, showrunner. What the fuck else happened? Like, I don't understand. Like. Well, I think miscasting is a problem, too. I don't think Finn Jones is good for this. I mean. I, I kind of liked him. In the, as, I, thought, I, I, first, I thought he was kind of charming, and then he just kept talking. I didn't like him in these first four episodes. I'm just going to judge him, because that's what we're supposed to be reviewing. Yeah. I don't like him in these first four. Um, 
But uh, it's not like a hate dislike. It's just like a neutral. Okay, you're fine. You're you're vanilla. You're, you know, you're two percent milk. You know, not you're not offensive, but you're not terrible either. Um, well, and he's I, also he, he's also not a believable fighter. Yeah, he. There is no world in which I believe that he can kick anyone's ass. Um, um, and you, you and don't, and you, in remember, Game of Thrones, you don't even see him really do much as far as like being yeah. a, like a warrior knight. Like he kind of just he's. Loras is there for like I don't know, he's there for um ah damn it Stannis is a little brother who gets killed oh, fuck right oh, Renly well, Renly like he gets he's into there for Renly fight yeah with... he's there for Renly he's there for his sister he's there for later on when the um yeah during the uh the whole the the shit happening in season six and he's kind of an accessory shirt, like, character people yeah, yeah he's he's more of a prop like Loras is only in Game of Thrones to kind of like assist other plots he was never someone who, who exerted strength right. Like he's he, had a, there. He, had a, he had a stalwart reputation, but you don't see anything of it. And then here it's like, oh, look, he's throwing punches. And you're like, God, he looks awkward. Yeah. Remember when he did that uh, not in that impossible jump with over over that uh, taxi cab? Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. We talked about it. <laughs> it was really dumb. <laughs> he looked fake, too. Everything about it looked fake. This show, it reminds me of, like, an early 2000s ABC show. Which is fair because this is produced by ABC Television. Yeah, it's a joint ABC um, Netflix. But it feels like those shows from the early two thousands where there was some crazy premise and something really weird going on, and you know some guy who was a uh, I don't know Austrian from nineteen from the nineteen thirties or something found in a cave or some shit. It's probably a real show. I'm not not making that up. Uh, or but like I you know New Amsterdam. I, with starring Nikolai like, Walder Costa. Well, that was on I, Fox. But I understand like that Danny Rand's character in the comics is white, right? Um, but you uh, you could have you could have cast an Asian person for this. Yeah, I mean easily. I, you know, yeah, and uh, I, Connor, you aren't here. You aren't there yet. But there's a character uh, who shows up called the drunken who uh, does drunken kung fu, drunken master style kung fu. Uh, He's like Bo Cho. Yeah. And yes. he was in the running, uh, like top three to be Danny Rand. I have uh, two names off the top of my head. Whoever had thrown in this cast, like as frontrunners, uh, nah, he's too old. Uh, Young Hun Lee from GI Joe and GI Joe Retaliation. He played Storm mm. Shadow. Okay, right. I'm cool with that. Um, and with that. and Jay Chow from Green Hornet. He played Kato. Oh, yeah, yes. you know, you know who I have? Uh, Rama from The Raid. Oh fuck yeah! Boom! I have like, a confession to make, guys. I have never seen the raid. Okay, you don't just look up. Uh, look up the raid two. Um, I want to say I'm gonna kitchen send it to scene. Him. Yep, I'm going to send oh, him God. the raid two kitchen scene. The kitchen yeah, scene because you're just seeing cool. two experts who both know the same. Who clearly know both know the same moves. They know the same uh, version of C lot, and it's just them like trying to figure each other out. And now and. Alan, it is seven and a half minutes of two dudes beating the absolute piss out of each other. Oh, it is awesome. That, uh, um, remember there's one scene in The Raid 2 where someone's jaw gets ripped off? Oh, yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, like, yes. Which one? Okay, is Rama the one with the... Uh, he's well, the one with, like, a bald hair. And he's, like, he's the lead character. He's the, he's the main character of The Raid in The Raid 2. Yeah. 
he and in the second one he like goes deep undercover. Um, he also he just released a new movie called I think it's called Headshot, which looks incredible. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's he gets like I think he's a, a former hitman who gets shot in the head and loses all of his memories, and then he slowly gets them back, and he like remembers he's a he's an absolute badass. Yeah, and if you haven't even seen the Rain movies, he's in Fast and Furious Six, and he's the guy who beats up Han and uh, Tyrese Gibson, um, and he's great. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he just, All right, Alan, it's in the it's in the uh, the Facebook chat. Wait, uh, he watch wasn't that never. one of the people wasted in uh, Force Awakens, right? Yes, he was. He was one of the um the crews that come in during the uh the 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 Kanja Club. Scene. Yeah, and and the guy with the long hair, he's in both raid movies. Yeah, he plays different characters. In the raid movies. And he's a badass in both of those too. He would have been a great villain in this show. Yeah, um, easily. Yeah, just he 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 should have been the not the assassin with the samurai sword in the tournament episode. I think that's in these first four. But even if it's the five, I think you've seen I haven't, it. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. Well, there's a tournament, and he should have been one of the assassins. There's this, like, spider assassin. Don't don't ask. Um, I would have rather had anyone from the raid in that role. Than... This sounds... Wait, there's a tournament episode? This sounds schlocky as shit, and I can't wait oh. to see it. Oh, yeah. It's the best episode of the Connor first six. Awesome! Bring out... And bring out you're very close face. to it. What? You know, Christopher Lambert, time for... Oh. Tournament. It's time for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, it does become Mortal Kombat, and like, and then like, it, it's, and then like Bolo from fucking Enter the Dragon shows up. <laughs> yeah, well, because there's an episode it opens after Gao has realized that the Iron Fist is there, and she, and they call together the Hand's best fighters, and it's the first episode where I was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" Because you, it opens with uh, an assassin like having killed an entire karaoke bar full of people. Um, and he's like singing, uh, what song was it, Hunter? Do you know? Do you remember? Uh, it's one of the, it's, but it's like a very popular karaoke song. Um, and he's singing it while he's slicing a guy's throat open. And I was like, holy shit, this show got interesting. And then it stops being interesting. No, I don't remember the song. This fight scene. Oh, yeah. Notice oh, my how God. Was that one, that's yeah. Yeah. Alan, while well, Alan's, <laughs> I want you to watch it. It may not be the best to watch it while on the show because you're gonna you're gonna shout a lot. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, oh, although if we're gonna talk about fight scenes, let's talk about the only fight scene I saw in episode in the four episodes that was worth mentioning, and it wasn't even that impressive. And that was the uh, Colleen Wing, the, uh, the eponymous hallway fight, which oh. was nowhere near the quality of the Daredevil fights. That's the problem. That's the real problem with this. Daredevil exists. They have a standard. <laughs> <laughs> they have a standard to live up to, and they don't even approach and there's that no, like, standard. And, and let's ignore the fact that it's a hallway. If we even compare it to the stairwell sequence in Daredevil Season 2, none of that intensity exists here. Yeah. It's, it's completely absent because, like, the, how much awesomeness happens in the stairwell fight sequence is almost hard to keep track of. The, and, everything, and it's beautifully everything, shot, oh. like when he's when he's whipping the light bulbs with a chain in his hand and just, like, oh, screaming God. the whole time. Like, even there, there's just solid imagery this is just like Finn Jones with a blank expression in his face, like kind of aggressively pushing people over. Yeah, so, and I mean, hell, even Jessica fun, Jones. It's fun to watch Luke Cage do that because you can't hurt Luke Cage by conventional means and just people right. bouncing off of him. And was, that's amusing. Was that the only one that, that laughed so, when Joy got punched in the face? 
So everything bad about the fight choreography in this show can be summed up by that first encounter with the security guards in episode one. Yeah. Where he just kind of, like, slaps around for a second, and they're just like, what the fuck? And then just, like, walk after him. Like, he just, he when he fights, it just looks bad. Oh, let's, okay. There's something that happened in episode three, I believe, that was really strange. Why did he smack the shit out of that student in What's-Her-Face's dojo? In Colleen's <laughs> dojo? I, yeah, I don't remember he, that. He just becomes like a he like he sees them all like messing around. And he's like he's like, what is this? You're supposed to be warriors, bah! And then just like smacks the ever living piss out of that one dude. And then Colleen's like, the fuck, bro? Yeah, they. Yeah. Her exact words were, "This this supposed to be a place of of safety for them. They experience abuse from bullies, their families, and this is the one place that that where they shouldn't have that or have that happen to them." And then, yeah, and then rich white guy Danny Ram walks in and just, like, sucker punches one of them. Uh, what was... like, it's such an extra slap in the face for, like, a <laughs> spot. He's just like, uh-uh, fuck you. What was the, uh, did you guys see the, um, the four, sh- the image, image with the, uh, I don't know if it was a meme, but it has Daredevil... Just yeah, the okay. Yeah, it, and... it kind of it sums up like the moral conundrums of each character, and then it says like for Iron Fist, it says like life's hard when you're a rich white guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I I couldn't sum this show up any better. <laughs> yeah, really. It is a lot. It is a lot of like it's a lot of first world problems that just like drag on. And they could have made it about something. Like they really could have. Yeah, and there's that's kind of the theme of like the first few episodes is like I'm Danny Rand and this is my he isn't actually he doesn't really give a shit about like having a seat in his company um as much yeah. as I guess he's more concerned with like trying to prove he is who he is which is fine which is fine if it didn't take three fucking episodes um but then like he gets and then he gets the seat in the company he's like um I'm not particularly enthused by this yeah no one told me. And the amount of work. and the amount of infuriating stall work they did to get there, like when they go to the hospital and he goes to get his X-rays, and like conveniently a thug is just there, and they get into another fight sequence, and then dude burns down, burns them, like burns the room down. I was that, no, I was it legitimately blows up the room. Yeah, he blows the room up with with uh, at a hospital. Yeah, at a hospital with flammable material in the X-ray room, and the, the I'm sorry, in the records room. Why the fuck was that there? Um, I don't know. Um. And then, like, it, it blew it up, and I'm like, I'm like, great, another fucking step for this journey of him trying to prove his identity, which then gets solved by a, like, a, a piece of pottery. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, honestly, they handed it to Ward, and I expected Ward to just, like, pick up and smash it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a then, Ward thing to and do. And him just be like, what? <laughs> what are you going to do now, bitch? Do something, Hogarth. Come at me. Yeah, so Hogarth, Hogarth that, just punches him in the face. That would have elicited at least an emotional response from him, but instead he's like, where'd you get this? Yeah, it's so bad. When it comes like, to the two wards we have in the Marvel Cinematic Universe... Oh, which is the worst ward, or what, which is the better which ward? Which is the worst ward? This right, I mean, Red Dalton this, is a much much better ward than this. I do like... I, I think Red Dalton's a fine actor. I think Agent Ward... Is kind of divisive, but I think I he's know. a worse person based off what I know happens. Oh yeah. my god! I just this guy's to... just like a guy. Uh, so I just finished the kitchen scene. Yeah, oh. it's fucking great, isn't it? That ending though. 
Dude, yeah. Alan, Alan, the raid and raid two is basically four hours of that. Right. Long I... extended action sequences that kind of make you go Whoa! like the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah. And here's but the thing. I think they right didn't... before that, right before that, doesn't he like he like he smashes some dude in the face with a baseball bat and then like violently pulls it out of his face and uses yeah. it on somebody that, else? That girl and uh, what's her <laughs> name? I don't remember oh, the name of the No, it's uh, Batboy and Hammer Girl. Batboy and Hammer Girl. He beats them both to death. <laughs> yeah. In a two-on-one fight, and it's the greatest thing ever. Well, I think pretty much every fight in the raid two is like Rama versus two plus two or more people. Yeah, I'm, the clip I'm watching right now is uh, him against two guys who just disperses easily. You know, it's funny that we mentioned the you know, word so often. We seem to be off topic, but however, like mentioning the raid is an absolute fine comparison when you observe the action in Iron Fist, because like you can't, you you're not allowed to have subpar fight sequences now. The raid exists. Yeah, Daredevil exists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the same universe, you have Daredevil, and the fight scenes in Daredevil. Um, Daredevil became well known and famous, and it got a lot of attention because the fight scenes were impressive. Uh, for TV, nothing on that level and, had been done on TV before. And what's funny is if you go back and watch the the, the single shot hallway fight sequence, you're not actually seeing too much of what's happening. But the way it's framed and like what your imagination is doing is doing all the work for you. Like when he goes into like the fact that most of the action takes place in rooms on the left or right out of your vision, and all you hear is noise. And then like I think out of the left, like a microwave comes flying out of nowhere and smashes against the wall, followed right. by another human being. It's awesome. Yeah, and occasionally but also, you get... But the emotional impact of, like, watching one dude go into a claustrophobic space and take on, like, ten people and, like, basically effortlessly succeed is awesome. Yeah. And then, like, here it's just, like, again, like I said, Danny Rand is, like, kind of doesn't really react and just kind of walks down a hallway and starts pushing people around. And it doesn't really get interesting until he hops in the elevator. Um, yeah. Which is like it's the really one boring. cool shot where he's like he's ducking and dodging like axe shots in a very close space. And even Joy uh, gets in on the action. Yeah, like that was the only compelling part of the entire sequence. But other than that, we've had no action sequences. Yeah. Well, we have had the co- the um. Oh, the cage fights. But even the cage yeah. fights are kind of like whatever. It's just I've seen Van Damme movies. I don't need this. Yeah, but even like the cage fights are better than any of the fights with. Yeah, Danny. And the cage fights—they're more. They're you know, there's there's more like uh, they're way more visceral, um, mm-hmm. and could easily elicit a better response. To everything you see Danny do, but again, like they're weightless right now. They have they've as far as these four episodes go, they're utterly meaningless. Okay, so I, uh, I still don't know what her what her character's motivation is. No yeah. status update. I just finished the Rama versus Hammer Girl and Baseball Batman fight scene. Oh yeah. I'm never going near a hammer again. Okay, well, do, do me a favor. Stop watching clips because the, you basically just watch, like, most of the climax for the second movie. So yeah. Watch, God, just, so just, watch, just watch the trailer for the first one then be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm I just so I, angry. I'm I, so... Yeah, I, I'm really... I'm, I'm super bummed out because, like, I don't know, I like a lot of shit. I'm wearing a Clash of the Titans t-shirt right now, and not the 80s version, the 2009 remake. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's garbage, but I like that I like that kind of garbage. Right, um, it's, it's got Mads Mikkelsen, Mikkelsen it up. Um, yeah, and Sam Worthington, when everybody thought he was going to be a star. Right. Um, but like, and, and fucking Liam Neeson and, and Ray Fiennes and like, all these like, like really kind of credible actors like delivering the schlockiest 
like stupid lines ever. Yeah. Release the Kraken is now like in the pop culture like atmosphere. Like that's a line people use. Right. Um, but and so I had an open mind going into this because I was like, whatever. I, I I like a lot of bad shit. Like, and then yeah. I'm watching this, I'm like, this isn't even like bad to the point where I can laugh at it. Yeah, this it's not bad fun. To the bad. Point where I'm like, I'm like anything. Something happened. Please, good, bad. Something needs to happen. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, look at look at the conversations we've had over the last I don't know forty five minutes or so. It's small things because these small things are are basically all that's happening. But all these small things are also terrible. They all add up. Yes. Yeah. Like because there's nothing. There's nothing to balance it out. There's nothing else going on to keep these things from bugging you. Yeah, like we're struggling to find good things. Um, Calling Wing is it? Like she is the shining star in this whole show. Excellent. Oh, and Claire. Oh, uh, Claire Temple just showed up in the episode I'm watching too. So that's yeah. yeah she I, shows I up in episode five. Awesome. Yeah. Um, which is so, way too late. For yeah. I, she showed honestly, up in episode. Honestly, I thought it was too early because she usually shows up the back half of a season um, in the other episode, in the other seasons. Like I mean, yeah. other shows. Except when for Daredevil. Because her, yeah, well, uh, no, when Daredevil, that's where she's from. But like in Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, she yeah. shows up at the back end to kind of be, like I said, the connective tissue from one show to the next. Right. She's kind of like the, the baton. She's like she's basically the baton passer. Like she kind of gets this, then goes to the next show. Oh, I forgot. Um, I forgot which one of you, one of you three, said that she was the Nick Fury of the the Netflix universe. I think we've yeah. all said that several times. Yeah, and we, yeah, we're, we're still, we're still. Does that uh, make, does that make uh, ben, Turk Bennett? Uh, Coulson. I mean, I'm down, uh, I'm down with that. I, please, please, Lord, make it so. <laughs> I'm Turk Ben. Um, well, he, he is a character from the comics, isn't he? I think so. Maybe I. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he is. If that's the case, God, I want him to stick around. I mean, this is kind of a spoiler. He doesn't show up in this show. Oh. <laughs> and it uh, it really that's pisses me off. Really disappointing. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, right here. Yeah, he's definitely from the comics. There's even art for him, too, and everything. Yep. Cool mustache. Kirk has had many runs of Daredevil where his inept schemes are usually played as comic relief. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it does. Uh, Even even Turk Barrett's presence would lift this show a few notches. Yeah. Something like his... Again, uh, it's it's like Hogarth. You go, oh, I know this person, and I have history with this person. I like this person. Yeah, she's like the, uh, I mean, I hope she doesn't have the same arc, but she's like that, uh, that agent who always showed up with Coulson. Um, that, that one dude. Yeah, who turns, yeah, who turns Hydra in Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah, she's kind of like him. He's always there, but, you know, sort of in the background mostly, occasionally having a bigger role, like Winter Soldier, but in her case, it's Jessica Jones. Um, yeah. Turk Bennett would have been great in the show, though. Like, even in appearance, like, because he was never in Jessica Jones. But they did, like, a a comic book one-shot for Jessica Jones where, like, she's visiting him in the hospital room after he's been beaten up by Daredevil. Um, it's really hilarious. It's actually free if anybody wants to, like, go read it. It's, like, on Amazon. So yeah. go do that, people. Um, but it's really funny because Jessica Jones is just making fun of him for being for getting beaten up. Uh and even a moment like that where <laughs> he got beat up after Luke Cage or something and, like, 
he's in the mental hospital or something. Because they suggest that, that mental hospital isn't for people who are actually sick. It's for people who they don't want to put in prison or who they want to get off the streets for some reason. Um, at least that's what I got out of it. It's not like a real, like, legit hospital. It's for people who want who are supposed to be gotten rid of or who are supposed to be pushed off to the side. So this is where I when I, I mentioned when I started watching the episode that I had a story of similar to this. Um, okay. Back about eight years ago I was um, for, the, for the audience or for the people that don't know I'm on a spectrum, or the autism spectrum, and my high school didn't know what to do with me, so they sent me to a place where they send people with, like, kids who are fucked up. Mm. Oh my god, they Bart Simpson you. Yeah. Sounds like it. And I was like, and I, that... That line that Finn Jones or that Danny says, 72 hours, I'll be out of here. I was like, next year, I'll be out of here. And uh, mm-hmm. I was told, no, no one ever leaves. I was literally told that no one. Holy shit. Leaves. Hotel California shit. Wow. Are you in Kuna? <laughs> the seal is, the seal has been sealed. Not to, uh, not, not, to not, not, not at all to, 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 to like. To go off track more, but like mental health in this country scares the shit out of me. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Um, so I mean, where do we go with like? I mean, it's so, okay. So this show happens, right? Is he gonna be the same character in Defenders? I really uh, like, fucking hope not. Like, who the fuck yeah. is who's handling Defenders right now? Is it the Daredevil crew? It's the same guys who show ran Daredevil. Um, okay. which is the Ooh. which is the only thing that gives me solace after okay, this show. Okay, so how do you how do you damage control this? Like, I mean, obviously get the get uh, Scott Buck the fuck out of here. I mean, uh, you make Luke Cage's role model, kind of. Yeah. Like, I mean, do you make cuz like I, I've heard a lot of people say Luke Cage kind of fizzled out for them and they don't really look back on it too fondly as much as they did with Jessica Jones and Daredevil, but I've also heard the same thing about Jessica Jones. People just there was lots of people with lost interest. Um Yeah. Which is like I, I'm like I'm like when they're like oh, about a half through I'm like that's when you should have stuck on because that's when it got really interesting. Um, yeah, Jessica Jones kind of it um, it was kind of like a roller coaster for me. It had like a high point and then it dipped and then it went up a little bit about, again. About ten episodes into Jessica Jones is when shit absolutely hits the fan. It's, to- it's yeah riveting television. Um, it gets interesting again, but like very do you, quickly. I mean, after Defenders, do you do Iron Fist season two or do you do Luke Cage? And, do you do Power Man? Uh, Iron I think Fist? you. I think you do Power Man and Iron Fist, or you do Heroes for Hire, or some some version of that, and you completely fire Scott Buck. Um, he can go ruin the Inhumans and just stay there, please. Just don't ever come back. Wait, wait, um, is he working on Inhumans? Oh yeah, oh. I, I'm not watching Inhumans now. That's oh. not, you're not you're not getting me unless I hear glowing reviews. I have to hear that this is the best thing ever. Um, but otherwise, I just can't. I just can't do it. And the other thing is, like, if people, if the Daredevil crew is obviously much more competent in my eyes, like, they're gonna make this show look very poor. Um, by like, because one, they can do better fight sequences, and they're gonna make this show look amateur. Okay, so the yeah. runner for the Defenders is Marco Ramirez. 
Yeah, but it, he has a partner. He's the so what happened is Daredevil season one had a lot of problems. It had a lot of showrunner problems. Showrunners left. People went to go work on Sinister Six, among other things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so basically, worked out great. Uh, basically, what happened is, um, so basically what happened is Marco Ramirez and another guy, Doug Petrie. Name, Doug Petrie, they wrote the Fisk origin episode, which in the last half of Daredevil, after he gets beaten up by Nobu, that's probably the best episode. No, it's, that's it's the standard episode, season one. Um, yeah, but Marco Ramirez, Marco Ramirez is IDB, like it's defenders. Nothing. It, well, I mean, what he has, though, is Orange is the New Black, Sons of Anarchy, Daredevil. Uh, yeah, it's mostly TV. Yeah, and, well, I mean, it, it's television that's also highly regarded, so. Yeah, and, uh, but they sort of took over because they wrote some of the better episodes in the later half of the season and in the whole season, um, and it worked. We all know that it, that it mostly worked. Most people don't like the second half of Daredevil season two. I s- still like it for what it is. I don't think it completely works, um, but there's some great stuff in there. Um, well, it's because you have, like we said the other day, it's it's you kind of have the blending of like three different arcs going on. Yeah, and it it gets a little messy. And also, like, I think when you introduce an army of ninjas into anything, you kind of will run into the idea of like, eh, this is fucking ninjas. Like it's like yeah. zombies. Like it, once you fighting one ninja is cool, fighting fifty ninjas gets boring. Yeah, it gets a little bit repetitive. Yeah. But I think and it, that even that season, which if I had to argue it's like the strongest as a whole season, um, even that season, it's three episodes too long. Um, it just, yes. it's, it, the, the show should be ten episodes. Uh, Jessica Jones has the exact same problem. So does Daredevil season one. Even Luke Cage, they could have trimmed, like, two episodes. Oh, is the one. Flash. <laughs> well, the Flash, the Flash could trim, like, ten episodes. But, yeah, easily. Because um, all 22-episode shows can fight me. Um, no 22-episode show does not need trimmed. Looking at you, Supernatural. Um, hey, I like Supernatural. And, and all 13 years of you. <laughs> well, five Let's of those years are really, really good. That. Um I still haven't. I still have not gotten beyond the first, uh, the first two episodes. Oh, you need to. First episode. Everyone, yeah, everyone tells me I would fucking love Supernatural, but I'm just like I haven't gotten around to it. You have to watch once, the French Mistake. Once you get to the Azazel stuff, really deep into it, and once demons show up, uh, that's when the show hits its peak. Because you haven't gotten to the first Exorcism episode and their version of demons, and it's. It's good. It gets really, really good. Um, I, I likened it to a uh, Vertigo series. It's it's well, the whole show is based off Constantine. Um, and my problem with Constantine when I watched it was, oh, this is just supernatural, but it's just one guy. Huh. Okay, um, that's exa- that's actually that actually was a selling point to my uh, sister and mom <laughs> because um, they're super fans of Supernatural and they're like more Supernatural. Yeah, it's, it's basically the exact same thing. At least, Constantine is, at its best, as good as the golden age of Supernatural, which is season four and season five. Um, after that, it mostly is complete and total shit. Um, okay, where were we? Uh, yeah, these shows are too long. Um, so I guess I'm 
excited about defenders. I don't know where Danny goes after defenders, though. Anything other than uh, I'm just going to call him Chokri because that's his last name. Anybody other than him writing Luke Cage and him also writing Danny sounds terrible to me because I'm sure he can write Danny. I don't see why he couldn't. Um, and maybe he could fix Danny. I think you need like buddy cop writers for this one because yeah. they, they have to play off each other. I, I do think that another possibility is either Petri or Ramirez take um, Iron Fist. Because I feel like one of them could run Daredevil on their own after doing season two of Daredevil and after doing Defenders. They could probably figure out how to do it solo. And it doesn't mean that they can't write on each other's shows. They can, you know, come... Or they can just, you know, make sure the shows are split uh, time-wise so they can do both things at the same time. Uh, and- Arlen, I've got a question about the previous uh, Daredevil seasons one and two and just Jessica Jones season one and Luke Cage season one. Yeah. Did they have 12 producers or 12 executive producers? I mean, if you... Because okay, so Iron Fist does. They probably did. But, so this is the thing, and this is something that's true of TV. It's also true of movies. But more in TV. TV can have up to nine executive producers sometimes. So, for example, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Good show. Not great, not perfect, good. Very good. It's really good. Uh, Michael, Michael Shannon is really good on that. Right. Mark Wahlberg is a producer on that show, executive producer on that show. How much input do you think Mark Wahlberg had on that show? Very little. He has yeah. more. He had more input on Entourage. Yeah. He was a producer by name. He probably would come on set every once in a while and be like, yeah, this looks good. Just to see where... Just to see where his money's being spent. Right. And Martin Scorsese, he got that exec producer credit because he directed the first two episodes. Uh, so you automatically get an executive producer credit and you get paid for every episode that's produced. Um, and also, every episode is based off of your episode. Every single one. Uh, so the first episode of Daredevil, that guy's getting a check for every Daredevil episode. Um, and so on and so forth. Um, but, but he's an executive producer, and his input on that show was probably minimal at best. Um, the real producer of that show, whose name is escaping me right now, um, he produced most of the show. He also wrote Wolf of Wall Street, and he wrote um, Vinyl, which is kind of a pseudo-sequel to Vampire. Huh. Not a real sequel, but a more spiritual sequel. Um, and he's the real producer of that show. Scott Buck is the real producer of this show. Jeff Loeb has been sort of the, I guess, the Feige yeah, of all these shows, along with Ike Perlmutter, um, who produces everything that's not the movies now. Hashtag fuck Ike. Yep. Uh, Jeff Loeb sort of, I think what happens is he splits his time with these shows. So he was less involved in Jessica Jones. He was more involved in Daredevil Season 2. He was less involved in Luke Cage. He was more involved here, um, probably. And also he has – he also has um, Agents, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to yeah, he's the, spend time with. He, he's one of the main showrunners on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, which, you know, whatever. Um, people's opinions are split on that show as well. But I can't help but – I don't know. I, I'm really confused. 
There's no way that they watched Iron Fist and said, oh, this was good. I don't believe that for a second. It it makes no sense to me why you would watch this show, be a producer on this show, see what Scott Buck did, and say, oh, he's perfect for Inhumans. I, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't – here's the thing. I don't see how he would – it's like Zack Snyder. Like, well, I, I suppose like in, Inhumans went in production before this got out. But still, you had yeah. to have seen this, the final product and be like, Man. They at least had to have seen these first four. At least yeah, these first exactly. four. exactly. How did he get like, a job again? Like, the only thing I can think of is the people at ABC really must have liked him. That's that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Because um, what happens a lot of times is you get work because executives like you as a person. Or they think you're really easy to work with. Yeah, reason- that's how we – and again, we talk about like three things in every episode. Doctor Who, LXG, and wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, wrestling. WWE is on USA and has a focus on the McMahon family because Bonnie Hammer, the head of the USA, loves McMahons, and that's it. Yeah. And she likes people in suits. Yeah. And it affects the product. Like it negatively affects the product. Yeah, and, like, the only reason uh, Alex Kurtzman and Robert Roberto Orsai still have jobs is because they're really easy to work with. They will take your notes. They aren't going to uh, just do the exact opposite of what you say and just say, well, fuck you, I'm a writer and I do what I want. I, th- our, this is my craft. They're not those guys. That type they're- of person? Follow Audie uh, Dan Harmon of Community. <laughs> Yes, that is that person who's, fuck you, this is what I do, this is my art. You ain't touching shit. Yeah. That's, um, that's Dan Harbin. Dan but, Harbin just, just doesn't, like, if you tell him to do something, he'll just tell you to go fuck yourself. Right, like, the or- but the Orsides are like, okay, Paramount, you want Khan to say his own name in this movie? Okay. Yeah, what the My fuck? name is Khan. Yeah, that's... My name is pizza that's the only that's the only explanation i can come up with as to why he got that job he the abc guys are like you know scott you should do this and you should do this and this and you should do this scott's like okay i'm just gonna do everything that you just told me to do and that's why he has another job that's the only explanation i can think of so we're kind of spiraling so i guess we should start to wrap up but like i guess what i want to say is like this is the first time marvel has as far as mcu goes this is the first time Marvel has really let me down. And the first time and on these going shows. Off, that's also. going on, especially, yeah, especially with the, the three. Um, I mean, they were kind of like, they're a little bit spread out as far as their reception goes, specifically, but it was mostly positive. And this is the only yeah. round. It's mostly people going like, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, like, before it's been mixed. Like, you can say Daredevil Season 1 and, is and mixed. You could say wider MCU, Thor, Thor 2. Alright, maybe, whatever. Yeah. Some people maybe. don't like Iron Man 3. They're maybe. all wrong. Yeah, a lot but... of people don't like Iron Man 3 and they're wrong. Um, uh, they're all I mean, completely... You don't Man know 3. what they're talking about. Perfectly fine. Um, maybe you can even get away with saying The Incredible Hulk. Um, yeah, if you remember that movie exists. If you remember that movie exists. Um, um, Iron Man 2, uh, bad movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> all around bad that, movie. That is... Not, not great. You mean, not... The Avenger, you mean the Avengers prequel? Yeah, all around, just really 
Terrible movie. Um, my favorite part of Iron Man 2 is when Mickey Rourke kept saying, Where's my beard? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Want Where's my beard. beard? That's not my beard. I want my beard. I want yeah. my beard. <laughs> but for the most part, they, they hit it out of the park. Usually. Um, yeah, it's the first time that something with the, you know, the MCU and the Marvel Studios you know, attachment to it uh, has me completely deflated. Yeah. Sucks because like I, I guess we all knew it was going to happen eventually. Like not, like like I've been saying about Dark Knight for about two weeks, it wasn't going to be the gold standard forever. Um, yeah, the Marvel would eventually trip and make a mistake. However, I noticed one thing though is that Marvel does not make the same mistake twice. No, that's true. That's very true. They um, usually find a way to fix it and make it better the next time. Yeah, like, like look at I mean, perfect example Thor two into Thor three. Like like no fuck it, just make it a huge silly space opera with lots of colors, and we'll get the dude who wrote that really cr- that well received comedy to do it. Right, we're not gonna just hire some you know nobody TV writer to or TV director to. Hey, do, hey whoa whoa, to, he wrote he made Dog Soldiers, all right. I mean, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I like Dog Soldiers. Dog, Sol- Dog Soldiers is the shit for those who haven't seen it. If if we can watch if we watch Dark Soldiers on a show, can we watch what we do in the shadows on a show? No, wait. Because... That TV guy you talking about, Brian Cogman of Game of Thrones fame? Is he? No, is... it's um ah fuck. I think it's Alan Taylor. I think. I think it is. Oh yeah, Alan he also Taylor. he also directed the classic Terminator Genesis Society. Oh my god, he did. Oh yeah, yes. I believe he did. Yeah, um, he did. It makes so much sense now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that that cinematic masterpiece. Um, Great film. Yeah, real real, real good. Uh, remember when Arnold says the thing? No. God fucking damn it! <laughs> that movie that movie's worse than Jurassic World. Remember when Matt Smith shows up? No. <laughs> no, not Matt Smith. Matthew Smith, as he's credited. No. Oh, I, okay. God. Let me tell you how. I'm not, again, not to again, go so off the rails, but like. I was so excited to see Matt Smith in a movie. I was like, yeah, yeah the Doctor Who momentum is going to carry me. He's going to do big things. And then I see him. I'm yep. like, yeah, he's in Terminator. Fuck yeah. And he's on screen for about 18 seconds. Basically, well, no, playing... no, he shows up as Genesis. He shows up as Skynet. At basically, Helen... Mm. Helena Bonham Carter. Her role in <sighs> uh, Terminator... Uh, whatever, whatever the fuck Salvation? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, man. Terminator Salvation, the best Terminator movie made after Terminator 2. Yeah, seriously. Term- Terminator Salvation somehow is now one of the better Terminator entries. <laughs> I think there's always going to be a It's fight. in the top three. Yeah. Chris Anton Yelchin. Um, oh, man. Pour one out for our homie. Um, yeah, seriously. I think we yeah. can start to, I think we can wrap, because um, there's not much else. Because, also, this is only the first four episodes. We really just, you know, I guess we want to save our most of our energy for the whole series uh, when we finally finish it. But yeah. this, oh, is, uh, uh, this guess, does not look promising. Guess which movie I watched to get this, the, just, the, the awfulness out. What? Guess. LXG. Uh-huh. Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, wow. that actually sounds good. That sounds like a nice antiseptic mouthwash. Um, I, I disagree. That's like, that, that is like, uh, I don't want to say it's like pouring gasoline on a fire. Um, <laughs> it's like pouring garbage into a wound. It's like, um, it's like having Pence be the president. Um, ah! <laughs> you mean, you mean, you mean Senator Bad Guy? <laughs> you mean Senator Kelly? Motherfucker, you know, looks like you're about to pass legislation in the X-Men. 
<laughs> Not my joke, oh. he was passed around, but seriously, he looks just like a drawing of, a, of an evil, you know, like, douchey government white guy. Even, really with, his even with his dark-ass black eyebrows, like... Alright, I think, yeah, we've... Yeah, we've, I think we're good. Uh, we've, um, we've too long now. Yeah, come back next time for episodes 5 hopefully, through 8. Yeah, hopefully uh, a more uh, optimistic... Um, um, I, I'll be interested to hear what you say. Again, I've seen all of them. And I can say 5 through 8 are really good. Yeah, and I guess I'm trying to maintain an open mind, but, like, damn, it is hard. It is it? It is a st- I heard someone say the first two episodes were a chore. They are so right. Again. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that is an outstanding summation of the first four episodes. Yep. Just in- you. That's some, that's back that's back of the box quote material. Fuck. Yeah. Uh... People look at it and go, is that good? Is that bad? Is that indifferent? I don't even know. I have no so, understanding of this. All right, let's do plugs. Uh, hey, come follow me on Twitter at Western Commander. I don't tweet, but maybe I'll find a good reason to. Or you can just friend request me on Facebook. That's where all my garbage goes. Uh, you can see me live tweeting Power Rangers SPD on Twitter at Davenport. You fucking Power Rangers fans. You and, can... And, uh, and uh, you can follow my Tumblr, uh, cosmonoxlotisdead.tumblr.com. And uh, you can find my writing on the Haro. Uh, I'm working on things right now. When I, once I finally get out of my writer's block. Yeah, and uh, that, that, that nice website Hunter just uh, plugged, uh, it's, uh, it's run by me. Um, weird, uh, saying that out loud. Um, but, uh, that is uh, theharo.wordpress.com. You can find my writing there. You can also find... Alan's writing there, um, and the writings of many other very talented, very smart people, um, for the most part. Um, yeah, all of them, I'd say. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, at uh, AAHaro. You can find me making fun of Hunter for watching Power Rangers SPD. Yep. Um, and our Twitter banter is just uh, ounces of joy. Uh, yeah. Mountains, actually. Um, Man, high quality banter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking nerd. Um, make sure you uh, make sure you join our Facebook group, the Phantom Zone. Uh, we also have the Phantom Zone podcast page where you can go so you can get more updates in the podcast. Um, and yeah, give us a like or a rating on iTunes because that is extremely helpful. Anyway, anybody else have anything to say? Uh, other than, other than yeah, that's going to be the closing for every episode. It was me, Barry. Bye, everybody. Bye.